Hey, what's up? It's me, Dave Stone, former co-host of the Boogie Monster podcast. From 2016 to 2023, myself and my good buddy, Kyle Kinane, we'd get together each week, ramble on about ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, other mysteries of the universe. Uh, at least that was our initial intentions. Uh, but if you've listened before, you know that it usually devolved into disjointed rants about vans and fried chicken. During that time, we also had a Patreon page. We would offer up exclusive bonus episodes to our patrons, usually in the form of Q&A sessions. And even though the Boogie Monster is currently on an indefinite hiatus, we're offering up those old bonus episodes to the general population so that everyone can enjoy our old nonsense. Hopefully, someday soon, we'll dust off our microphones and resurrect the Boogie Monster. But until then, please enjoy this blast from the past from your old pals, Kyle and Dave. Thanks for listening. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. You'll find out what happened to Frankenstein and other stuff that never happened. Freaking nerds. The Boogie Monster. Podcasting the unknown. Yep. It's Friday the 13th. Ooh. Let's talk about how you just fell for an April Fool's Day joke two weeks after the fact. You want to talk about that to just to start? I got real excited that there were going to be kangaroos in Wyoming. All you had to do was just Google two words, and I, kangaroos and Wyoming. And I did, and I got an article about kangaroos in Wyoming. And what did it say at the end of the article, Dave? The very end. The very end. As it, it, if it, you had finished the it, article. At the very end, it, it, it said April Fool's. This is terrible. Dave, come on, man. You're the research. I was just excited, and I had questions. It's like I did think it was odd. Yeah. The hell's a, the hell's a kangaroo going to do when he sees a buffalo? Right away, when you like, why would you? Although we looked up that kangaroos were their enemies in Australia, most mostly just humans. Hmm. They have no, uh, there's no large, I think they're like the largest uh, land mammal in Australia. No that's, bears, no lions, nothing. Or at least not in the regions that are where kangaroos are at. That's really odd. They said dingoes are the most, uh, which I didn't think about that. Whole whole continent of Australia, nothing larger than a kangaroo. Maybe a dingo ate your baby. Does Australia have, I wonder if Australia has primates. I don't know, but, uh, you know. Well, so, big deal. Big deal, Kyle. The four orders of Australian marsupials. Ooh, Tasmanian Tuzzy. Is that a real animal? Tasmanian, Tasmanian devil. devil. I've only seen it in tattoo form on Plus rednecks the, while it's shooting a bird and holding a rebel flag. That was Yeah, that was the guy saying the N-word in line at, at, at a Six Flags right now. That was the owner of that. My buddy has a Tasmanian devil tattoo. Uh, playing drums in front of the uh, Van Halen logo. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He's old school. Yeah. He's old school, dude. I did like the Tasmanian. What was that? Uh, what, what cartoon was I thought that? it was Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, yeah. I just get those confused. The uh, Like the characters. I couldn't keep track. Tasmanian the, Devil? The Disney ones versus the Warner. Like Saturday morning was always Warner Brothers. You didn't get uh, uh, no, no Disney cartoons were messing around there. All Bugs Bunny, yeah. that whole world, yeah. Warner Brothers. Yeah. Wiley Coyote. Yeah, that poor guy. Always. I, you know what pissed me off is when they went from, like, like they didn't give kids enough credit. When Wiley Coyote, like, 
This is about the idea of a t- c- comedy tone. Tone in comedy. Here he go. Here he goes. When Wiley Coyote, the Roadrunner, would get him to jump off a cliff, mm-hmm. and it would take him a long time to fall. Uh-huh. And then when you saw him hit the bottom, it was just a little cloud. It's a little. Poof. Uh-huh. That was hilarious. Because uh-huh. like, yeah, I know it's a far way, and that's fine. And then eventually they changed it, and it was like a big loud crash. And I was like, you guys ruined the cartoon. Give me the benefit of the doubt. I know I'm a kid, but I understand like you're eliciting how far f- he's falling. Okay. To just a little puff on the ground. It's like when Pee Wee Herman at after at the uh, bike bar and they let him ride a motorcycle away and he uh-huh. crashes through the billboard real far away. And there's no big loud noise at all it is, just a little <laughs> there's a little pop that you see the bike fall down behind the billboard. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's that's Com- using tone for comedy. Yeah. People don't realize like that's not in the writing, it's not in the acting, yeah. it's the tone. It's like, just real far away. <laughs> and then it falls down, and then you just see the ambulance. I like when Wiley Coyote would fall, and then he would create a hole in the ground, the shape of his his silhouette. Oh, yeah. yeah that, that, that was always funny. I don't know why. And also, how do they have access to so many anvils? Acme. Yeah. Somebody wrote a book called... A- Wiley Coyote versus Anvil's like a court case. Hmm. It was like I think it's one a name of one story within the, a book of like humorous essays. But yeah. it is a funny idea that Wiley Coyote would sue Acme for all these things not working properly. That is funny. You know why did he keep? You think he'd try a different brand? Yeah. <laughs> Acme's let you down every episode. Acme is sending you faulty gear. Yeah, what a conglomerate too. They you had know? anvils, they had dynamite, they had all kind of stuff. Like they had a monopoly on all the products. Stop. Anything you would need to uh, fail at catching a roadrunner. It's the Sam's Club of their day. Roadrunner was one was real dick. You know, like there's just one out there. Come yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, if we're gonna break it down. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there's no kangaroos in Wyoming, and I'm sorry. Kangaroos are mean. They're weird, man. You seen the one? You seen the really buff ones? Yeah. What's that all about? They're just lean. They're strong animals. Some of them are just jacked. Yeah. And they're we went when Rachel and I went to the place where you could swim with the otters, and they had all these different animals. They had one kangaroo in there, and you can give it. And you could feed it like chunks of banana, but they had to have like a bouncer in the cage with the kangaroo because eventually the kangaroo would start getting aggressive towards everybody, and the bouncer would have to give me like, all right, break it up, break it up. Yeah, they had, they had to have muscle on the kangaroo. Every other animal, fine, but the kangaroo had to have its own. We had to have our bar- bodyguard. They'll tear you up with them. They got the claws, yeah, on the, the hooves, maybe even. You remember that viral video about a year or two ago where the uh, the guy went out and punched one right in the face? Oh, that guy's my hero. Oh, because it was fighting his dog. Yeah, he had his dog in a headlock, and he comes out, squares up, boom, pops him right. Also, in the neck. what was the thing even doing to the dog? I mean, it looked like he was about to snap his neck. Just roughhousing, yeah, like, just real, being being a real bruiser. But like the dog wasn't resisting. The dog was like, "Oh shit, I'm screwed." And then the dog uh, lost all its fight. Yeah, it did. Like if you look at that video, that dog's just like, "What the fuck?" He's just standing still. Like, please don't kill me. He had him in a headlock or something. I'm gonna watch it right now. And uh, dude came out there and gotten into got into a boxing stance and punched him right in the head. I'm gonna watch. I want to see. I'm, I'm gonna watch it right now. There's, really there's like there's like three different videos. It's amazing. A dog versus a kangaroo, but only one where a guy has to jump in. 
It's the Boogie Monster, by the way. Well, it's Boogie Monster Q and A. It's our Q and A for the uh, for the patrons. Questions from you, answers that make no sense from us. Oh, this thing is just not gonna. Oh, thank God, YouTube. There's an ad that'll make this thing. All right, let me see. Let me just real quick before we start the questions and answers. I want to see this guy's dog getting get into it with a kangaroo. Where there he goes. He finds him, and he's running at him. It looks like they're just hanging out. Yeah, that dog looks scared. No, it's only when he ran up to the kangaroo act like it. This guy squares up hard, he and he slaps the. <laughs> None. Of, and it, this looks like it's everybody in this are friends, but they're just drunk. Because let me <laughs> the lead up. The kangaroo's just holding the dog by his kind of harness, and the dog's just chilling. The dog's just hanging out. Look yeah. how look at her. He's not held tight. It's only <laughs> when the guy runs up does the kangaroo like I'll fuck him up, and then the dog panics, and then the guy doesn't even punch the kangaroo hard. He kind of slaps him. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, the kangaroo goes for a back leg thing. The dog gets away. He's holding the dog tight now. But then, yeah, this square, the guy brings his fists up like the kangaroo's going to punch back with his tiny upper arms. And then he goes, look, he's going. He goes, oh, no, he decks him in the nose. Yeah. Oh, God, the, the slow-mo. Yeah. The sl- That's a <laughs> the solid the, punch. The kangaroo's ears. Yeah. The way the ears shake. I don't know why it's funny. Like, if it was an animal that was on all fours, I would feel it would be cruel. But because it's yeah, on it its hind like leg, you're like, you're like, this, yeah, these guys can square up. Yeah. The kangaroo's probably just waiting for his chance to do that double kick move where he grabs you by the shoulders and then that, takes both well, his feet and kicks yeah, you right in the sternum. Well, yeah, that's the dangerous one. Mm-hmm. I really Kangaroos are freaky, man. Now they are. There's one. Okay, how you bad wanna, must that pouch look, smell? Look at look at this. All right, we were trying to talk about the Michigan Wolfman, uh-huh. that Dogman, Dogman. Look, what if this is just at your window? Yeah, that. Look at that. Fucking terrifying. It's got a hand with five fingers with giant claws. Terrifying. I'm gonna go back and say escaped kangaroos for all these weird Wolfman bear things, hmm. Dogman. Well, that's even more terrifying. I'm going to say that is the only thing that makes our because the can human like torso with shoulders and arms, elbows upright. Mm. Didn't even think of that. We're just dicking around, and we solved last week's episode for me. Mm. I'm, I'm just mm. wow. All right, the wow. I, I didn't think I was going to get to that. <laughs> kangaroo, loose kangaroos, loose roos. <laughs> Got these loose roos making people think that uh, there's, uh, you know, goblins. All right. Nope. What are we? Uh, Had Zanku for lunch today, so I apologize if. Uh, oh, man, that garlic butter. Garlic. Oh, boy. We went to Al Wazir. You know, we, we got spider chicken. I explained why we called it spider chicken, right? Because a whole spider so. crawled out of my food there once. Right, right, it's right. It's so good, we still go there. Yeah. Where's it at? Right down, right past wherever this garbage truck is making all the noise. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It's Hollywood and uh No, Sunset and Vine? Shit. Okay. No, no, no. Wilcox. 
Oh, fuck me. You know what? I don't know. I think it's... It doesn't I, matter. I think it's sunset in mine. I'll tell you what, though. Zanku, solid meal, but... Uh, I love man, a shawarma. I don't give a shit about pita bread. It bores the hell out of me. What's wrong with you? It's just boring. It's little... It's, uh... You just pick up the food with it. You tear it in a little bit. You know, I don't make a whole half a pita thing. No. I take little bits, and I pick up my food with it. I'm saying... Compare that pita with some non. Non, superior product. It's very similar. Oh, yeah. But what did, what did the Indian folks figure out that... Uh, what, what, what I think non's fried. No, non's not fried. It's not fried? Nope. They got a little garlic and things in there? It's just... I don't know. It's just, it's just a better product. I mean, I'm not like going like, boy, I really could go for some pita bread right now. But when you throw it in there with shawarma, I'm like, oh, I can get all these little ingredients in a tiny little bite that's also bread. But how much better would it be if it was more like naan or... Hell, even a biscuit I'll take. But uh, Oh, Dave will take a biscuit. Let's <laughs> fucking break some news for people. Dave will take a biscuit. It's a piss poor excuse for a bread. I mean, what are you, are you, are you looking at the face of all the delicious shawarma, those weird turnips, those weird purple turnips that yeah. I like so much? Yeah, I do like those. <clears throat> it's like, oh, just cone, cone, twirling cones of meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Right. Well, I'm sorry nice. about yeah everything about this gun. All right. So, anyway, let's do let's uh, let's get at what uh, people want to know here. Mm-hmm. By the way, thank you so much, patrons. Uh, as if you you probably know by now, thanks to your contributions, I'm uh, shitting in a real toilet. Dave lives in a house. Uh huh. Now we can really phone this shit in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get it started here. Uh, I always like to take the first one first. Uh, first question that got in. Brian Lee. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Dave. What's your least favorite bit you've recorded? That's a good question. Ooh. You've got quite a body of work out there. There's got to be a bit that uh, I, I've, I know all your work, and I, I couldn't well, tell. Well, thanks, Dave. I couldn't tell you what's a bad bit. I don't think I, there is one, I, but there's got to be one you like I'm, the least. I'm not going back over the... I've already said my piece about the Netflix special, but there are better versions of all the jokes that are on there. Mm-hmm. And it's been so much to my surprise. The pe- people like it, and I'm glad. I don't think it's bad. I thought it was just okay compared to what the joke should have been. And I was doing – if you saw me at any point doing those jokes live in the last few months, that's how I would have liked them to go. Hmm. But that, I think that's everything. If you look back, that's always the case. Like I'm never like, nope, that bit's done. Yeah, and t- no, it's like I need to record stuff and put it to rest and write new things. Yeah, you know. Yeah, if it's not recorded, I'll keep doing it. I do. I still have bits about ghosts that I've been doing for fucking five years that haven't been recorded, so they'll keep changing. Dude, you could. You've got so much material that you haven't recorded. You could easily do like a cool B sides and rarities album. I'm trying to just put it all out, man. Get, always. Some of you my favorite this. bits of yours you've never no, get out of here, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> cleaning the erasers. You got you got to record that. Someday. That showed up on some Australian thing. <laughs> that showed up. Yeah, it's a joke about look uh, over see what the fellows are up to. Yeah, it's about watching gay porn <laughs> and still uh, still wanting to armchair direct and ask why they're not going butts to butts with a dildo, <laughs> and then their boners could uh, uh, hit each other underneath <laughs> if they're in love. That's the joke. That's the thing. If they're in love, the rhythm would make the boners slap together. If they're not in love, they would just all twangle around like like un- like trying to undo earbuds. 
<laughs> but if they're in love, the boners would sync up perfectly like cleaning the erasers at the beginning of class. Oh, that's so damn funny, dude. That's how that joke goes. That is real funny. About how I think it looks like when guys have sex butts to butts. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I just looked at a question that says, Kyle, what are you putting up your butt? Nothing, but the butts to butts. I don't know if I would. Whatever. But what's your what oh, jokes geez. do you have that you don't I've want? Got, I've got albums that I, <laughs> that I wish weren't out there. Yeah. Beards of Comedy, uh, we recorded our first album when we were all like two years into comedy. Yeah. And I, at the time, it was like, yeah. You Atlanta boys really chopped at the bit down there, huh? And then like six months later, I was like, <laughs> I hope no one hears this. I mean, it's decent for a bunch of dudes who have been doing yeah. comedy for two years, but... That's not the point in your career where you need to be uh, putting anything on tape for posterity. Yeah, I didn't record an album until I've been doing comedy for 10 years. Mm. That's smart. But also, you guys were going on the road, wanted to have something, have some gear. Yeah, I guess. What else we got here? Michael Hansen said, what was your first experience with a heckler at a show during your set? First experience. Um I don't know if it's the first, but I can remember back to uh, when I got a gig, St. Patrick's Day, hosting at a place called Riddle's Comedy Club in Orland Park, so deep south side of Chicago. And I was, uh, I thought I was dressed cool. It wasn't even St. Patrick's Day, but it was a Friday before St. Patrick's Day. And just walking onto stage, somebody just went, fag! And then I I called in sick, and I didn't come back the next day. That, that was I didn't even get to the mic. I didn't even say anything oh, wow. yet. Man, I hated that club. <laughs> I did not do well at that club. I I'm not saying it's a bad club, but I didn't do well. You've got a uh, I, 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 after that I would go back and do okay, but there's a YouTube clip of you dealing with a heckler for like ten minutes. Do you remember that one? Oh, that was at that was at before it was called the Laugh Factory in Chicago. It used to be a Lakeshore Theater, and I got. I had just gone through a breakup, and I was I just got I landed in Chicago. Like, I'll see what's going on. Fritz was hosting, and he's like, "Yeah, I guess I'll go up." And I started to try and talk about something, and somebody would be, just been heckling some little gangbanger from the back. It was an empty theater, and somebody's heckling from the back the whole show. And I got up there. I'm like, "Listen, get in front. Yeah. Don't yell for don't, stop being chicken shit. You can still yell at me. Do it from the front." Come up here and yell at me to my face. Did Don't I, sit in the yeah. So that's when the person came up there and everybody was like, "I think they might have guns." <laughs> and I was like, "I don't care. My life is garbage right now. Let's go." <laughs> and I just got into it with some thug. I I couldn't tell what was going on with them. <laughs> and yeah, somebody recorded that. Don't record at comedy shows, no matter what's yeah. happening. Don't don't fucking world star that shit. Yeah, don't do that. Keep your phones in your pants. I think I told this story, but. Uh, been doing comedy like a year and a half and uh the beards of comedy went up to brooklyn to do the do the 2008 north american beard and mustache championships and uh it's like guys really went hard on the branding like 1200 people crammed into this little warehouse and it was an all-day event and there was a bunch of like zz top cover bands and magicians and we were the only comedy act and we all went up individually and did like 10 15 minutes and it was just chaos like people were just pissed that we weren't playing legs and uh (laughs) 
this dude was heckling, and I, I said, well, fucking, you think you can do better? Get the fuck up here and you try it. And he got up and he tried to grab the microphone from me, and I, like, wrestled it away from him and, like, kind of pushed him down. Yeah. And then the, <laughs> the security stormed on him. Really? But, like, he got up and tried to physically take the microphone. When he did that, I was like, oh, fuck. You should. Like, I would have let him just, like, all right, go no, for it. I was like, nah, you're not getting this, Mikey, piece of shit. I did that to those fucking twats in Amsterdam where one was, like, just wouldn't stop time like and she's smiling at me when i'm like telling her to shut up. i'm like oh it's a power thing fine here and i just gave her the mic yeah i'll ruin a show i will ruin my own show <laughs> um anyway that was uh, like that, that that like every experience know this mm-hmm. every experience with a heckler is bad mm-hmm. even when you think it went well and everybody cheers those aren't the laughs i want to get mm-hmm. I personally like laughs that came from a thought that I had that I think someone else might find entertaining. Yeah. Not from calling someone up. It's easy to get like, just shut somebody down and have a whole room of people go, ooh, and I hate that fucking culture. I hate that whole fucking Steve Hofstetter pre programmed, pre programmed. How do you have that many <laughs> fucking hecklers, dude? It's because if you ask. Because it's fake. Well, yeah, or not fake, but you ask enough rhetorical questions waiting for a drunk person to answer one, and then you have your answer prepared. You have your retort prepared to that. I don't. When somebody heckles me, it throws off everything. I'm, I know. Well, every comedian's supposed to have a, that, that tool in their toolbox to deal with a heckler. Or maybe I just would like the audience to be better. Mm-hmm. That's what I would like. I would like the audience to be better. Uh, the, I don't think the gentleman listens to pay. I'll say later on in the next episode if the, I don't know if the, guy's a, the guy who said, How's Dave in the middle of the show in Philadelphia? Who was actually very nice. Like he emailed me and uh, he's, he's like, Sorry. <laughs> And he apologized, and it wasn't. And it wasn't a bad heckle. The thing was, know that anything you yell out mm-hmm. is not welcome mm-hmm. at a show. Yeah, I got material. Yeah. This is not interactive. Even though it was nice, and I and I rolled with it, and I can roll with things when people say something nice. Uh-huh. A couple times in this last one, someone would yell out a punchline. Which is like, great. I am very glad that you know the material. Also, what am I supposed to do yeah. with you not even yelling out the joke, but the punchline to a joke? So it wouldn't even be funny if I did the joke. Yeah. It's not the same as being in a band yelling out a song title from the older albums. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the same. Uh, Thought Police uh, ask a very funny question. <laughs> Regarding the JFK assassination, what do you think of the theory that there were no shooters and his head was just going to do that at some point? (laughs) (laughs) That might be the best question we could ask. He just had the most aggressive, aggressive aneurysm we've ever seen. His head was just going to do that anyway. Oh, that's fucking funny. Well, somebody thought it, it, that was one of the theories that one of the Secret Service may have just accidentally discharged their weapon. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Tate, we got in a big uh, debate about oh, that yeah? one time. And, uh, yeah. And he thinks that that's, that was the case. That, uh, that, I think it's, I think a bullet entering a body, I mean, there are so many different factors at work, and it's so unpredictable to be like, well, this is how the body's going to react when a bullet goes into it. Yeah. You have no idea what his motion – I mean, you got the blurry Zabruder film, but you don't know, know what his motions were, what muscles were tense, what – the minute of impact, was he actually turning his head a certain way anyway to create the I, – I don't know, man. I think 
He got he whatever. Yeah. But that's a, that's a good question. Victor Bernal, hey Kyle, has Alexa randomly laughed when not have been asked anything? Have you heard of this happening? I have. Dave, congrats on the new place. Stop peeing in cups and pouring it down the sink. See, it's I'm not just me. I'm working on it. A lot of people want you to just pee in the toilet. One, one step at a time. I'm institutionalizing. No, Alexa, I, no I've that? heard about it. Yeah. Laugh. I'm looking at it right now. I don't think it's plugged in. Alexa! Yeah, that, that bitch is off. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. I think. I think Rachel unplugged it. I haven't heard it. I'm surprised. I'm sure it's still listening, though. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure. And I've said, "Oh man, playing goddamn Far Cry 5, I have said some foul language in this house. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure Alexa. What happens when Alexa's like? I think somebody's getting murdered. Ooh. I'm calling the cops. Ooh. What happens when enough trigger words go off? Ooh. We're putting these devices in our home. Alexa, pipe bomb. Don't, Dave, no. No, sorry. Oh, that, yeah, this is still your house. This, yeah. Uh, I'll fucking, I, if you don't already have somebody following you around street just as Dave living in a van, you're the one, you got people climbing up poles by your house tapping your lines. They better watch themselves. Uh, Tim Purim. Purim? Tim, did I get a picture? Uh, uh, you guys consider doing a crossover episode with the uh, guys from last podcast on the left. I would love to. Those I guys do I, their research, though. I like those dudes, yeah. Those guys do their research. I like old... I would feel ashamed. Henry. Yeah. They do a good job. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Uh, thoughts on Tyler says, thoughts on Owen Benjamin. We kind of talked about that on uh, yeah. the regular episode. Yeah. Uh, Who cares? Smart guy, real dickhead. Trying to prove a point the entirely wrong way and got his ass handed to him, and I don't feel bad for him. Then he used to date Christina Ricci. <clears throat> yep. Now he's begging for money hmm. on the internet because they wouldn't let him say the N word enough. I hate it. Bummer. That what, a, what a cause. What a cause to fight for. Free speech, in parentheses, why won't you let me be a piece of shit? Speaking of piece of shit, Phil Schultz, when's the last time you really had to take a crap but couldn't? What kind of these questions are just not? I told you about a couple of weeks ago. I got constipated, and I was and my first thought was, "What a refreshing change of pace!" And finally, relax. You usually, got a loose caboose. Well, you just you know, especially especially when I was in the van, like the loose caboose that could ruin your whole day. Yeah, you got a you got yeah. a range route. Yeah, I think I was eating a lot of weird stuff in China. Locked me up pretty good. Hmm. Back here, I've been eating a lot. No, in Chicago and everything, eating a lot of meat. Mm-hmm. Pretty locked up. Got to get back to my vegetables. I haven't been on my vegetables in a while. Got to get on those. I don't know. That's. I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to be gross. Yeah. About stuff. T.J. Partridge asks, "Who was the best and/or worst headliner you ever featured for?" That's a good question. We were talking about this off the air, right off the top of my head. I'm sure there's been worse, but uh, Christopher Titus was a big old dick to me. Real prick. Years ago. Yeah, I walked into the green room. I was supposed to MC, as I've been doing comedy just a couple of years ago. Uh, hey, Chris, I'm Dave. I'll be your host tonight. Just out of the gate. No, you're not. I go. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> Fucking Marshall. He's talking about the club owner, who I'm also not a huge fan of. I burned that bridge. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking, going for it. A fucking ding dong. Uh, but anyway, I guess he. He carried. He traveled with his own opener. He, his contract said he had one opener, one yeah. and only one, and that guy was traveling with him. He, he was already there, 
And uh, I guess Marshall forgot to tell him or whatever. But And also, kudos to Marshall. Uh, didn't let me do the show and didn't pay me. I was like, well, how about you pay me anyway since uh, you know yeah. I'm here and I was counting on this and this you was on the book. a few drinks off the bar. Nope, nope, sorry. I don't, yeah, I don't. Um, nobody's been a super outright dick. <clears throat> really? Without naming him, I remember right when my first album came out, I had merch and a, a headliner wouldn't let me sell my merch because they had a mailing list they wanted people to get. I'm like, but it's not a competition. Yeah. But he just thought I would be taking people away as they're leaving the show to. If they were buying my merch, they wouldn't be signing up for the mailing list. I'm like, all right, well, that's a little. That's lame. Who was it? You want to name names? No. Tell me later. Yeah. Uh, uh, What's his fuck was also a dick to me. Uh, Rich Voss. Same thing. Hey, Rich, I'm Dave. I'll be your host tonight. Great. Go give me a Heineken. Well, we were talking about this. First off, anybody that drinks Heineken shouldn't be trusted. Mm -hmm. That's not a... That's... That's like... I'm trying to think of a, a good metaphor. That's like a gold chain on the outside of the shirt. Because it says I'm classy. I don't know. I, I have no this or that about Rich Voss. I just remember seeing him in uh, Montreal. I can't tell if he's like just playing his character. Well, his character like, fucking do, sucks. Yeah, if he's just doing his thing. Because we were in Montreal as, as me and Glenn Wool and Sean Pan, some other people. He comes by and he's like, hey, they got any food around here? And Glenn Wool was like, yeah, I think they had like some... Buffet snacks and stuff that was set up for a while. I don't know if it's still there. Which was like, no, no, no. I mean, headliner food. <laughs> Where do you play? And Glenn's like, uh, yeah, usually theaters and stuff. Like, he wasn't even trying to be a dick. He's yeah. Like, they usually play in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't tell if it's just like, if, if it's like the over the top. Like, if you busted his balls back immediately, you, you would have been both on the same side and pals. Probably. Sometimes I think that's what it is. It's that brash testing of. Who you are, mm-hmm. and I didn't. I I don't start like that. I don't start yeah. like let's bust everybody's balls. If yeah. they can't handle it, sorry, you don't get to hang. I was like, nah, you earn the right to bust my balls, as I will earn the right to bust yours. If it's just right away, we're only ball busting. Yeah, I'm probably not going to hang yeah. out with you. Yeah, thanks, guy. I've never met. Yeah, it's you like, know, right. got to build up to that. This is like I. Th- <laughs> that was, that was like that. Everybody talks about that table at the comedy cellar. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, just to be able to sit at the table. Like, oh, yeah, imagine finally sitting at a table where all your heroes can call you a homo for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't don't know, man. It's not my – I'm sure sure there's legendary conversations of guys all busting each other's balls. But I I do that with my friends that I've known for yeah. 25 years. Yeah. I don't do that with a stranger and take surface level. Hey, look, you're fat and you got glasses and that guy's bald and let's go for the most surface level shit. Yeah. To the contrary, the absolute nicest headliner mm-hmm. I ever worked with. Uh, and, it, and it caught me off guard because his persona is a little bit uh, – uh, pretentious or whatever his his persona is that he's trying to cultivate or has cultivated. Mm-hmm. Greg Proops, nicest dude I ever met. He's great. Love Greg. Uh, I oh, I featured for him a whole weekend at uh, Comedy Attic in uh-huh. Bloomington, Indiana. And as you probably remember, they have a green room, right? Yeah. Some clubs there is no green room. The comics just sit in the back. Yeah. There's a table in the back, and you're forced to watch the show. Mm-hmm. They had a green room. I did five shows, thirty minutes a piece. Every minute of every show, Greg stood outside the green room and watched my whole set. Yeah. All five shows. When 
I don't do that. I, especially if there's, there's a green no room. way he can tank it as bad as the last show. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta watch. No, but just couldn't have been a cooler dude. We talk, I mean, and that too. I mean, his podcast. I guess he's still doing that. Was it smartest man in the world? Yeah. Uh, that's that's there's there's some truth to that. That dude, he can carry on an intelligent conversation on any topic. You throw a topic, and he can and with anybody. He doesn't talk down mm-hmm. like. He, he, same thing. Work with him. I'm like, when I first got to LA, I would see him. Like, I don't think I liked the like mm-hmm. real snooty attitude. Mm-hmm. It just took like two times to see him live. Like, oh wait, this is fun. And then, but working with him, like, oh man, is he gonna be anything like that? <clears throat> Immediately sat down at the table with the other comics on the show. I worked with him for a weekend in uh, Irvine, mm-hmm. the Irvine Improv. Sat with at the table. Everybody just immediately joking around, like just having fun. Yeah. Just good a, guy and a guy who's could easily be over it. That dude's been doing it over mm-hmm. thirty years. You know, could easily be the old cantankerous. All right, shut up! Don't bother me, guy, young kid. The guys in Philly were saying like, "Oh, Greg Proop." Like, cause I, I asked them the same question: What's the best headliner and who's the shittiest headliner that comes through here? Because I always want to know. Like, what they, they're like, "Oh, Greg Proops. He just lets. He, he's like, he wants to smoke and smoke weed in the showroom. So like, like well, we got to let him. It means we get to two. So the boss looks at us like, sorry, we're just keeping the headliner yeah. happy. <laughs> Love that he always rolls around with a with a with a flask. Yeah, yeah, great dude. <clears throat> yeah, good job, Greg. So we got what do we got? Uh, oh, Let's here's a, one. What do you got? You got uh, a just, supernatural just, one? No, this one just popped off because I saw a keyword that I like. Tyler Gibson, if you had to replace the core characters on Seinfeld with different cryptid schools, okay. Well, I got excited about Seinfeld. Did I tell you? <laughs> have I bragged about my, my my Seinfeld prowess? I, I this isn't me uh, being braggadocious. I challenge anybody. To beat me in a game of Seinfeld trivia, I know more Ooh. about Seinfeld. You pull some shit up. I, I'm going. I'm going to the go for it. Like I just, I've been watching that show ever since it came out. I've seen every episode. No shit, zero exaggeration. I guarantee I've seen every episode thirty times. <laughs> oh boy, we just gave we just gave people. Ask me, ask me anything. Which of the four main characters was not in the original pilot episode? Elaine. That's easy. This doesn't give me the answer. Well, it's right. Trust me. Oh. <laughs> you know what? Let me go deep on this go quiz. Deep. Now, occasionally, because I've looked at some of those uh, trivia uh, games, occasionally they'll be like, you know, oh, how I, many I times does Elaine say get out in the whole series? You know, yeah. Like, I don't know if that's 18 or 19. I'm sorry. But, like, basic questions, like, <sighs> I got gotcha. you. This is saying it's the hardest one, and I'm even getting these. Oh, wait. What do you got? Why couldn't Jerry date Jillian? Oh, let's see. Now, which one's Jillian? Was Jillian man hands? Um, You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, she had man hands. She goes, she goes I'm going to go wash my hands. He goes, good idea. I think there's a beach towel in there. <laughs> Just breaking open. Breaking lobster. open the lobster. He goes, it's like updating George the Animal Steel. <laughs> All right. Well, we've proven this. We're not just going to play a, play a game with you. Yeah. But yeah, all right, Tyler. Uh, I don't know these these hypotheticals are tough to figure out. Uh, what is it? What's the who are we changing? If you, if you replace the core characters of Seinfeld with different cryptid schools or fantastical creatures, uh, see, I, I I just don't know how how these play in. Well, 
I think Kramer's probably like a, a vampire. You think so? Yeah, cause Except it doesn't work because you have to invite vampires in, mm-hmm. and he just enters. Yeah. Not wanting to. I oh shit. <clears throat> even thinking, thinking, I'm thinking even the classic serial monsters: Wolfman, Mummy, Vampire, Ghost. George is a ghost. Right? Man, I got nothing on this one. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate the question. That's a good, that, I mean, that's a good, that's a good question. I'm going to figure it out. Uh, <clears throat> Mark DeLeo asked, this one's for Kyle, how'd you get the name Uncle Barbecue? I gave it to myself. And who the fuck is Gene Curry Marie? It's another name I gave to myself. Mm-hmm. I was very jealous when you gave yourself the moniker of Uncle Barbecue. Yeah, I feel like I really stole it from. I I, I wasn't thinking so much in a mastery of the. I'm thinking just a a drunk guy in a backyard hanging around the grill, telling you how you should be doing it. No, it's a great nickname. That's uh, that's uh, (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, Joey Pancakes. I might be late to the party, but what's the relationship between Bigfoot and the Abominable Snowman? I think it's just a regional Yetis. Yeah, I think regional probably. regional squatches. Mm-hmm. Much like you got your regional Springsteens, you got a regional Squatch, mm-hmm. uh, a creature that could develop. Unless we are talking, is there time portals that he's working with, and do those time portals put you in different parts of the world, as we discussed before? Mm-hmm. He also said, also, how do I make the most out of this shitty warehouse job, buddy? Let me tell you, warehouse jobs. Um, Enjoy that they're not taking your brain; they're only taking your body. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I wrote so much comedy when I first started working at warehouses that. <clears throat> Excuse me. What would you do at a warehouse? I was doing forklifts, stocking, pulling orders, mm-hmm. working at the end of a production line. But because I could just have radio and just have all my thoughts, mm-hmm. there was no mental. There was no mental issue to it. I was like, mm-hmm. nope, sit out there, daydream, and just write everything down. Especially mm-hmm. when I first started comedy, I couldn't not write shit down. Yeah, on the I same had just way. pages and pages and pages. Because also, you don't, you haven't heard and seen enough comedy to know like, oh, they, that's hack or this and that. And so I just went for it, just wrote everything down. When I first started comedy, I had two jobs. I was working uh, morning prep at Alpac Steakhouse, mm-hmm. and then in the afternoon I was working for a landscaping company. And both those jobs, all I would do all day is just you know mindless, dumb work, and, and my brain would just comedy. I would just write shit down all day. We'd get high at Outback. We'd get high in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'd be about six or eight of us. And I'd go in at like eight and get off at two. And they didn't even open until four. So there's no customers. No there. lunch rush at yeah, the Outback. Yeah, no lunch rush. So we just get high and just I just chop carrots for six or eight hours. Or, mm-hmm. you know, peel shrimp. I remember just peeling thousands of shrimp. But uh, just be in my earbuds. I'd put on like instrumental music. Mm-hmm. Put on like explosions in the sky or some weird indie, <laughs> you know, atmospheric instrumental music and just just chop carrots and peel shrimp and write down joke ideas. Same thing on the lawnmower. Just sitting on a like these were like big properties too. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like thirty acres. Yeah. So like it'd be like three hours of just sitting on a ride mower, just you know, and I'd just be thinking about jokes yeah. all day. It's and it great. would take it would take the board of the day would go by so fast like, if I was excited about it. And then that night, like, cool, open mic. Mm-hmm. Loved it. All right, I get to find out tonight if this idea is funny. if there's anything to this. Yeah, and so every day, like, all right, this is where I'm going tonight. All day, right again. This is where I'm going to go tonight with it. Yeah, I love I loved warehouse jobs. Yeah, 
Yeah, that kind of, that kind of stuff, it, it serves its purpose, you know. I'd rather do something like that than wait tables, you know, mm-hmm. have to deal with customers or something. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, I was never good with the customer service. Catherine Russell has a good question. Do either of you struggle with depression or anxiety? I feel like a lot of comedians do, and it makes sense that it might be a good way to process it. Watching stand-up and listening to podcasts like this one always helps me in my darkest times. Thank you so much for helping me laugh through the pain and see the humor in it. Well, sure, Catherine. Oh, yeah, Catherine. Um, I think at points in my life I definitely did. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I had the real stuff. You know, I'll make fun. Like, I... This is where I'll get in trouble where I'll make fun of people that self-diagnose with depression because I think it's the it's the mindset du jour of like do 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 comedians have depression or depressed people wind up in comedy or is it just something you hear about all the time and it makes people seem more interesting on stage to talk about their issues that now everybody like oh I have it too I have depression I have anxiety I feel a lot of people just have the blues. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are like, well, life's not working out the way. It's like, fucking yeah. But I'm also like, who the hell am I to tell somebody what they are or aren't? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and it's hard for me to tell if some of my depression has been mm-hmm. general human being depression or yeah. like showbiz depression. And I know that sounds weird, but like, Career stress. Career stress. I and I used to think about this, and I still do sometimes. Like, yeah, I'll be honest with you. There were times, like, when you when you're 40 years old and you live in a fucking van, even if it's by your own doing. Yeah. There's, you know, sometimes that's a blow to your morale. There's been days where I'm mm-hmm. sitting around, and I'm like, I'm fucking 40. Yeah. I live in a van. I don't have any money. And it's like, but okay, dude, this was your choice. But I and I also have to, but like, there's this. I'd be lying if I said there wasn't, like, a small cloud of, like, I'm a loser yeah. following me around sometimes. But then I have to stop and remind myself, hey, man, if you, were, if you weren't a comedian, you'd probably be doing X, Y, or Z and probably being mildly successful at whatever else you were trying to do. Yeah. It's that show business is such a unpredictable, insecure, you know, career option that – you know, so I, I used to have to constantly remind myself, like, all right, if you were if you weren't a comedian, you wouldn't be forty and living in a van. I'd be yeah working in an office, or I'd be a chef, or I'd own a landscape company, or something. I'd be mildly, hopefully, mildly successful, more so than I am, you know, in terms of financially than I am now. But so, well, that's where I always wonder, like, okay, say I didn't do because I've been just in pursuit of this. I never had, I never did something else. Mm-hmm. Alongside comedy, like, well, this is comedy's my hobby, but I yeah. have a career. Like, I didn't. It was I was yeah. going for this, and I was having the. I didn't live in the van, but had the you know dead end day jobs for my whole life. <clears throat> and would I be? How would I feel if I didn't try comedy, mm-hmm. or did just keep it as a hobby, and then had a job that I paid my bills, mm-hmm. I own a house, or whatever, but I'm not necessarily happy with it and also now you can't do anything else i mean you live in a van because i look at things like debt and house like a house and all his debt and credit like kids that's and a wife. fucking anchor yeah. that's an anchor that drags you down your dreams are in the sky and those things anchor you to the earth and that where i was like okay i might be broke and miserable but i'm still going for it and also i'm not being pulled every which way by creditors or worried about losing my house because I need to pursue my dreams. Yeah. I stripped down my life 
and streamlined it to make it as aerodynamic as possible in pursuit of what I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I think I got to avoid that kind of anxiety. And by, and by that, I also lived at home till I was 26. That was when the most of my depression was, was being at home, being super depressed, uh, realizing like, Oh, I can't even get laid. You know, like, yeah. I'm not getting laid. I live with my parents. That's why when I move, I'm like, fuck it, I'm moving to California. I'm not even moving into Chicago just to get a taste to live. I'm like, I'm getting the fuck out of everything. Yeah. So you went to. directly from your parents' house to here? Yeah. You didn't have a place in Chicago? No, I lived I lived at UIC. When I went to UIC, University of Illinois, Chicago, for less, I failed out in less than a semester. Hmm. And I lived there. Yeah. That was probably, I wasn't even doing comedy yet. Yeah. That was like 1996 or something. I didn't start comedy until 99. Uh, but, but yeah, that's it, a good point. That's, that's the flip side to my statement is, you know, the good side is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I used to tell myself I'd rather make... $15,000 a year doing comedy or doing something I love than yeah. six figures doing something I hate. And again, like the warehouse question, oh, all day, no matter what this is, if it was paying my bills, at night I get to find out. Mm-hmm. Even if it wasn't, that's like the thing about comedy. Even if there was no success or fame, it's like, oh, here's the puzzle that's never done. Mm-hmm. Oh, that joke worked? Cool. Write a better one than yeah. that. Yeah. Cool. Write a better one than that. Mm-hmm. And as far as asking if that's I think a lot of comedians, I think it, it is, I saw a lot of weirdos at open mics. I mean, maybe not so much out here, but open mics where fame isn't on the table that it's like, all right, you know, I'm from the Midwest. It's not easy for people to just go like, you're like, oh, I'll go see a therapist, but you could sign up at an open mic and people have to listen to you for mm-hmm. five minutes Yeah, and you can say whatever you want. Nobody, has, you don't have to use your real name and you can say whatever you want to a crowd of strangers just once or every week if you want. Because it's an open mic. Nobody's going to tell you no. Mm-hmm. You sign up and your name goes on the list. So I think that's very attractive to people who can't express frustrations about the relationships or in the workplace. Or, but you could tell a room full of strangers your secrets mm-hmm. and get it off your chest and they'll listen to you. Or they'll you'll feel like they're listening to you. Yeah. And if people laugh at it. Uh, it's an idea of acceptance. If you could say something super dark about yourself, but make it so people laugh at it, then it's kind of like a little bit like, oh, maybe I'm not such a fucking loser or a weirdo. And it's this kind of acceptance, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like a little like, oh, I'm not so weird. People are laughing at this. People get it. Yeah. I don't like the trend of this need to reveal the darkest thing about yourself. Like you still have to write jokes. You mm-hmm. don't just get to be. You can't just ramble about your day. Or just or just ramble about your ailments, your yeah. mental ailments. I feel like that's the new airplane food. Is like I have this disorder and that disorder and this and that. Yeah, and I take all these drugs for it. It's like, yeah, okay, you, you've skipped over the joke writing to go to the just be honest on stage. You know, just be real on stage. Yeah, but you, everybody skips over the learn how to be a comedian yeah. part. Nothing hack about a well-crafted joke. No. Hey, I have a question now that Yammer. you brought that up. Because uh, it's such a popular thing now. You ever been on prescription meds? Um, no. Me neither. And, and not no opinion on people who are. I'm not, you know, so if, if you need them, you need them. That's fine. But that's just something no, I've, I've uh, fortunately been able to avoid. Yeah, I, I haven't. Uh, I, that's still the Midwest in me. I'm still, even though I know it's the wrong way of thinking. I'm like, I don't, I would rather try and fix myself before, Mm -hmm. but that's, 
I don't think I have a chemical imbalance. Some people have a chemical imbalance. That's why they're depressed. It's a, it's a chemical issue. Now, from not having that, it's easy to be like, you don't need, you don't need drugs. Just go outside. Yeah. That's the ignorant part that a lot of people take. Is yeah. like, well, what works for th- one doesn't always work for. Another. I think it would work for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, I don't. Uh, I don't want to run to pills. I mean, granted, both fucking booze bags. I'm not going to tell people that, oh, you don't need pills when I, God forbid, I make it a week without drinking. I want to fucking <laughs> throw a parade for myself. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Matt Garvin asks, what are your top five favorite comedy movies? That's a good question. There's not, there's not many great comedy movies. There's a lot of bullshit uh, popcorn comedies. But we are talking about Raising Arizona just the other day. I mean, yeah, I definitely can name five of my favorite. Raising in no particular order: Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Raising Arizona, uh, Walk Hard, Smokey and the Bandit, and Dumb and Dumber. You know, just off the top of my head. Ooh, Dumb and Dumber. I, you know, I would put. But see, where does it branch over into? I mean, obviously, Big Trouble, Little China. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of it, but that's adve- that's like wacky fun adventure, mm-hmm. not necessarily comedy for comedy's sake, but fun adventure movie. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Raising Arizona. Shit, I'm not Big Lebowski. Uh, Big Lebowski. Oh, it's a strange brew, man. Mm-hmm. Strange brew gets me. That's a good one. Where, Dumb and Dumber. I la- I laughed. I cry laughed in the theater at that. There's so many jokes in that movie. It is rapid oh. fire jokes. That movie is. Ugh. I'm trying to think of a new one. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> just the just the dumbest one where he's like pull over he's like actually it's a cardigan but thanks for noticing and nobody even the, the nobody in the theater even got that me and my buddy are like this is the best so many silly stupid lines in that I mean I watched half baked I don't know how many times yeah that's funny the guy on the couch mm-hmm right um yeah there's, I mean <laughs> I top uh, yeah I'm uh, shit I don't know um. Noah Carlo Armstrong, do you guys have any good stories about Mitzi Shore, the comedy store? Nope. <laughs> not, not not negative. I just... Yeah. <clears throat> never was. Somebody went there when she was kind of like hunched over and decrepit and did a guest spot for us years ago. And all she did was like, you should wear a tie. She couldn't even look up at the stage, but told him from by his voice that he should wear a tie. <laughs> I'll say this, and I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, the comedy store is done right by a lot of people. I never gave a shit about it trying to hang out there and do all mm-hmm. that thing and this isn't a backhanded compliment but i think if it wasn't for the exclusivity i was thinking about this if it wasn't for the exclusivity and boys club vibe of the comedy store or the laugh factory i don't know that all these other alternative shows would have popped up mm-hmm. you know so i think not that they purposely were like oh get out of here mm-hmm. but I think in a way it did help develop all the scene. And, they, you know, people love the comedy store for what it is. I never hung out there. That's a good point, though, because, I mean, there's really only three major clubs in L.A. And <clears throat> so many more, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of comics here. So they're just at the three big clubs. There's just not enough stage time to go around. So, yeah, I could see yeah. how that kind of forced the uh, the development of the alt scene or whatever you want to call it yeah the people just kind of like well I'm gonna make it you know just just like major labels made bands go fuck it we'll do art ourselves mm-hmm. I think it kind of not in a mean spirited way yeah but just but I'm it was it mine. did feel very exclusive there like mm-hmm. I would go there I still go there and I, I know people but 
I still just feel weird going, and that's me. That's that's mm-hmm. more on me. Like if something doesn't feel welcoming right away, I'm like, ah, well, fuck it, I'll get out of here. Yeah, that's that's on me. But it's still there, it's still down there. So if you want to go see see the shows, what you got? You got one? Larissa <clears throat> asks, Kyle and Dave, mostly Dave. What are your tips on pleasuring a woman? Two words: fuck punch. How does well? You just, you just punch them right in the cooter. They love it. Really? With a uh, fist? Yeah. Not a light slap? <laughs> so stupid. Oh, man. No, I mean, uh, I think uh, I think stubbornness and pride has a lot to do with it. It's like, oh, I'll be still. I'll show you. I get the job done, Kyle. That's how you please a woman? I don't fucking half-ass anything. I bore her to shit? Fucking... Get in there and root around. I just say mouth stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get good at the mouth stuff. John Stevenson's got one. Hey, John. Oh, John's our uh, John's our vegan jerky guy. Oh, what's up, John? What's up, John? Hey, guys. Kyle, what kind of RC cars have you been messing around with? I had a I had a Tamiya Tamiya Monster Beetle. Yeah, yeah. Did I pronounce that right? When I was a kid. But it was like 30 years ago. My son's eight years old now. I think he's ready. Honestly, this shit would just be just be for me, though. Any suggestions on newer stuff? Oh, man. It's it's also... Uh, did I cut you off already? I mean, he's, he's ramp. I'm thinking of going monster truck because my yard has all kinds of killer jumps and drops. I kind of want one of those 80s reissue Tamiya kits, though. Dave, see you in a couple months. Any snack requests? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have what you're having, John. Um Oh, John, yeah, I'll tell you, uh, Traxxas is kind of making the easiest entry-level stuff, and if anything breaks on it, you can just replace it. But I know Tamiya's got, like, reissuing a grasshopper and a hornet so you can get the buggies. But if you want the monster trucks, uh, check out the Traxxas. Ooh, what's oh, – what are the um, – just go to the Traxxas website, and they got all kinds of – they can get pretty pricey. Mm-hmm. One of them's like a one – like, it's huge. It's like three and a half feet long. Really? It's like your kid could probably ride on like, it, maybe. Yeah, wow. it, it's giant. And they're not indestructible, but you can beat the living crap out of them. And then just get replacement parts. Huh. And that's part of the fun of it for me is pulling it apart and fixing it. Yeah. Because it's not overly complicated, but it's a fun little thing to tinker with. Especially if you've got eight-year-old son I don't have, or any eight-year-old kid. I don't have kids, but, you know, Legos, and then you can get the intricate Lego ones. I forget the Technics. Is it Technics? Lego Technics, where, like, you can actually build little engines and stuff. Wow. Check out Traxxas. It's the easiest entry-level stuff. What do you have? Um, what are you dealing with? I got uh, I got a team associated. I got their, their rally car, the 110 rally car that's discontinued, and I got a slash two-wheel drive that's a 110, and I got a 116 it's a Traxxas slash well two wheel drive, and I got a Traxxas Summit VXL. It's a one sixteenth. It's a little guy, and they're fast and they're fun, and you can crash them into stuff and just drive them off roofs. And if something breaks, like I said, everything that breaks on it, you can just replace it. You can get all the parts are available, and you could find tracks for them, indoor tracks, and you can change out the tires for. Oh, it's just it's so much fun. I did. got busy fun. today. I was going to go play with them outside because I was feeling sick. I couldn't go on a bike ride, but I was going to play with my cars today. I got the priorities of an eight-year-old. So any more questions relating to a child, feel free. Like this one from Christopher Melkoski. No question. Just wanted to say that, Kyle, I'm sure you play guitar fine, but you mentioned you have a PS4 on the podcast. There's a fantastic 
music video game called Rocksmith. I had that. It was a pain in the ass. Hmm. But are you telling me? I just saw it at my buddy Marco's house in New York. He had it there, too. And I'm like, I played this thing like twice, and then I didn't do anything else with it. And he said he did the same thing. So maybe I got to try it again. You plug your actual guitar in and play. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's supposed to teach you more guitar. What was that uh, big game that was popular a few years ago? Guitar Hero? <clears throat> guitar Hero and Rock Band is the one where it had the drums and everything. How, what, how did you, what's the, how's that a game? Just just play guitar. Oh, you never play? Because it was, well, I was thinking about this the other day, like how instruments are pretty much like video games. It's still coordinating your hands yeah. together to, uh-huh. for, to, create an out, to, yeah, to create an outcome. Yeah. And so it actually made me, instead of being like, well, you just learned an instrument, and actually made me respect video game people that are good at it more. Like, oh, you did. You just you just used your hands this way instead of in an instrument. Hmm. But Rock Band, you play, you know, play Guitar Hero with the buttons on it? No. Like the neck of the guitar would have four colored buttons, uh-huh. and then where the strings would be would have like a, a thumb hit, and then coming down the screen would be Tell like, it would be to different play. to be like a green one going by, and then... Two, like a red one, red one, blue, green. And it would all be kind of tr- coming down the screen like Tetris. Hmm. And so when it would pass a certain point on the screen, you would have to hit the correct color button at the same time you did. Okay. It was fun. It was a fun party game. Hmm. Like Rock Band. It was a fun. I remember everybody had it at a house party. It was fun. What do we want to talk about? I don't know. Who's asking what now? Chad White asked Dave, I recently started keto in the past month. What do you eat for snacks on a low-carb diet? I got a great snack for you, Chad. Bison jerky. Jerky's always good, but uh, my favorite, like, uh, savory snack, uh, pork rinds dipped in sour cream, and then you squirt a little hot sauce on Got three different things going on at once, all low-carb. Not healthy, not heart Rachel healthy. Rachel was trying to do the pork rinds. Pork rinds and cream. Yeah. But there's no carbs. Rachel does low carb. I'm like, you're gonna, your heart's going to explode. Eh, at least you'll look good. You're going to eat You're gonna eat a neighborhood cat at this point. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hunter Scott asked, hey, guys, I know we've had this. This is a hot dog a sandwich debate. I had another food that doesn't quite fit in anywhere. Corn dogs. Are they a sandwich or something along the lines of travel-friendly burrito? And what may be some of the substitutions that could be switched out? I saw a recipe about a hot dog that had a pickle that was cored and fit over the hot dog. I saw I that, too. Yeah, I, did I too. saw that, too. I'm very you curious about that. Because you love everything pickle. Yeah, I did see that. That's pretty rad. Um, yeah. Corn dog, definitely not a sandwich. Definitely not. It's, it's a novelty. I'm going to say it's a kebab. Yeah. Stick food. It's a stick food. That's where I'm going. That's that's my quick answer. That being said, I do love a corn dog. Oh yeah, who doesn't? Um, in Atlanta, there's uh, there's this really cool Renaissance man. Shout out to Jim Stacy. Uh, he's he's one of these guys that does that's done everything. He's an artist. He's a musician. He's an actor. He's an entrepreneur. He's a restaurateur. He has a restaurant. But he used to have a. Um, it's all the ooers. He had a uh, corn dog wagon like yeah. a little mini food truck it was all like gourmet corn dogs like he'd make up different types of batter like a cheese jalapeno batter Ooh, or that, he had like five or six different and they were just fucking amazing they got doghouse out here as like it's like a root beer type batter or something Ooh, i do love a corn dog yeah i, I like a especially a, especially one that's a little a step above just your oh, bullshit yeah. frozen you i know. mean the frozen one you get the rubbery even that but like just to have the taste Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh shit! I'm thinking about corn dogs yeah. now. Corn dog, baby. 
Um, Brian Soden, uh, I kind of answered this one. Brian Soden said, Good day, gentlemen. I intended Kyle's late night show on Saturday in Philly with fellow booger shit clops. And I have a question of comedy <laughs> club etiquette. <laughs> shit clops. Good one. Uh, basically, he's asking how to respond when somebody uh, heckles in the front row. I think he's referring to the guy who said, How's Dave? Um, it's okay. I, I will handle it. Uh, you don't have to take don't take any action if it's in the back and somebody's just talking all the time call one of your servers over and any respectable club will handle that situation Uh for you don't take it upon yourself because it will turn into a disturbance but uh, all things were settled with that and there was a guy with good intentions who would heckle me he said also I've been donating $5 since the kickoff of Patreon so when can I expect Dave's dick pics Um, (laughs) as soon as Dave wants to step up that living situation a little bit more (laughs) speaking of corn dog. But yeah, Dave's old Dave's old batter dick. <laughs> That's a Nick Vatterot joke. He's like, oh, dating this girl. She's a real butter dick. That's funny. Love that joke. Amanda asks, what's Chicago Mothman's favorite Lawrence Arms album? Oh, fucking Mothman. Mothman ain't coming out on this. <laughs> I tried to talk you into it. I know. What do you mean? Me. I mean, I, I yeah. Then, I tried to reach out to him. He's uh What's a good Lawrence Arms album? Everybody loves Oh Calcutta. You know what? This is the thing. I didn't even start listening to Lawrence Arms until not too long ago because they started after I fell out of the music scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I do. I, I love me some. Uh, I love me some uh, slapstick. If you want to know about our pal Brendan's previous band. Oh yeah, that- with the Broadways. Hmm. Lawrence Arms came around. Afterwards, and uh, they're great. And when I first heard the early stuff, I was kind of like, "Oh man!" It just felt like they were kind of aping Jawbreaker for a while. Uh, but now they're great, and they're doing great. They're touring, and I'm pals with the guys. Well, that's cool. So, but I can't say I can't say I've sat and listened to an album and its completion. I, I I feel like that's I am one of the people that now that Spotify is around, it kind of ruins the idea of listening to an album as its own concept. Hmm. You just kind of put music on and yeah. hear your songs that you like. And, you and that makes me sad. I feel like I don't. Oh, Metropole had some good, real great songs. Like I get the convenience of that, but uh, I do miss mm-hmm. just really get to know an album from from front to back. You know what? I I, don't, I know everybody gets records now and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's the one thing about technology where I am like, this is better. MP3s are better. Maybe not sound, but I just don't have to have stuff. I don't have to have a CD book I'm trying to flip through or look for the right thing. I love that music. Like, it's all there. See, I love vinyl because it's, like, one of the only material things that I can, like, have and enjoy as far as, like, I don't I kind of like the collectible uh, aspect of it because I used to be like a big baseball card fan. Yeah. I'd have my baseball cards, my favorite ones and the most valuable ones, and I'd pull them out of the box and look at them. And I feel the same way about vinyl. Like, I, you know, yes, MP3s are convenient and they're great, but uh, sometimes, you know, I like to just throw on a record and then just sit there and look at it and read the liner notes and all that. And mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. And not even so much the sound quality. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not an audiophile where yeah. I'm going to. You know, convince you that it's a richer, warmer sound. It may be, but I just like having the big physical, you know, the vinyl yeah. in, the, in the case and looking at it and the, the, the artwork. I love all that, and I feel like we're losing that with the with the MP3 stuff. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I like less stuff though. Mm-hmm. Here's a good. Here's a good one. 
What do you think about conspiracies involving non-U.S. government governments? Do Chinese citizens think the Chinese government has made contact like U.S. citizens think ours did? I got to pause. You got to pause? Yeah. Did you take a big shit? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we got two separate files. Mm-hmm. We got pre and post Dave shitting. It happens, man. <laughs> Sometimes, you know. But, yeah, you did the whole running water trick. I heard back there. Yeah, I always do that. You live in a drought city, Dave. You can't just go running water. Just, just fucking little, own it a little bit. You know, hey, this is a courtesy to you. I get. Well, I guess though you've you've had you've dealt you've saved enough water. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Washing off in puddles and such, so I guess that's all right then. <laughs> oh boy, what were we in the middle of a question? I don't know. I don't know either, man. I really took a break. God, Every, lots, lots happened. The listener won't know, but you took a shit. Rachel came home. She's running around getting a new phone from somebody delivering it here. Oh, we're going to ask if Chinese people think that the Chinese government is covering up. Right. I think that's all the perception of how people view their government. Mm-hmm. I told you that China's starting that Black Mirror shit already with the social ranking. No. Remember, I, did I tell you about that? No. How they got they do everything through WeChat, <clears throat> and it's like a it's like basically it's like a social messaging service, and also you pay for everything. Like everything, they just come to your table with the, with the QR code, the square, and you just scan your phone. Right. But the government's monitoring it, so they're, they're, they know when you're paying your bills. They know what you're spending spend your money on. They know who you're talking to, and they've just introduced now social ratings. Huh. That. On top of the fact that their president is also like, I'm just going to go for a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, they just they just don't granted him like a lifetime as a president and and social like oh you didn't pay your bills on time your social rating gets lowered now if you're affiliated with a person with a lower social rating does your social rating get lowered and how does that affect they say like it, you know it can affect you being able to buy what can you purchase and isn't that it's it's pretty fucked I would say hmm. I'd say it's pretty fucked. Um, but so so that's but people are fine with that over there. They're not questioning the you know they're not suspicious of their government in that way mm-hmm. that that won't go horribly wrong. So are they suspicious in another way? That I also think that's a luxury of enough freedom where you go. I think they're covering up UFOs. You can think about that. That's my new joke about how people don't think there's white privilege. And I'm like, I know there's white privilege because I believe in ghosts, and that's what you can do when you have no real problems. Yeah. So I think that's like a, that's a U.S. thing. Like, oh, white people with no real problems—they're hiding aliens from us. That's what you can worry about. <laughs> if you're just that's a good point, if you're just if under an oppressed. I don't think anybody in North Korea is like. I think they also know UFOs. Like, they're mostly like, oh, great leader is mm-hmm. destroying our life. That's. I mean, it depends on which government. <clears throat> I think. I think it depends on which government. I think it depends on uh, how uh, religious is the particular country you're talking about. Do, I mean, uh, do they believe in the idea of aliens in the first place? To You know, if you're Buddhist, do you just believe that all things exist? Maybe aliens are just another creature? I yeah. Know, you know. Hmm. I don't know, man. Who knows? I don't know. 
but Japan's on. Japan, you know, they're already inventing weird shit. I don't know. It's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a good Q&A. Your questions and us going, good question. Your answer is good question. <laughs> what you got? You want to bring a few more in here? Yeah, let's get a few more in here while we're at it. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Let me see. Mm. Ooh, Spencer Williams. Will you guys do an episode on the Popobawa? It's basically an African version of the Chicago Mothman with a huge dick. Ah. That'd be something to talk about. Will not do that accent and get me in a lot of trouble. That's something. Okay, that's good. That's good. Okay, thank you. That's something brand new that I don't know about. I have never heard about it. I love the concept of a of a cryptid with a huge dong. Big crank like the fucking fish monster from uh, what's the fish the the movie? Oh yeah, sound something the sound do, of water. Do, we, do you see the so big what's, what's it called? Uh, shape shape of, water. of water. You had a tweet. You don't see it, but it's like a super rip. It's like a sexy fish monster. Uh-huh. But how do you know it's got a big old dong? I don't. But they already made a sexy monster. What if so? What if his dong is just a catfish? That that's like just another fish coming out of a fish. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's fish All right. dick. All right, <clears throat> Matt Stark. I've been trying to phrase this question for a while. A lot of what you both believed is still science based. Aliens and cryptids have a scientific explanation. A few of the topics have been what I consider supernatural. Skinwalkers being the big one. What are your thoughts on the stuff that science can't explain? Keep in mind, if science can't explain it, it can't be real. Travel to other planets is impossible based on the science. I learned that up in fancy yuppie college. So, short version. What do you think of magical, for lack of a better term, phenomena? Um, Well, the whole—I think we base it on whole. Like, just because science can't explain it now doesn't mean that science can't eventually explain it. Which, Mm -hmm. of course, opens up everything for possibility. Hmm. Um, Skinwalkers. Can 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 a um, can a race of people have a more sensitive perception of certain things? I mean, that's my whole thing with ghosts is why can't that be li- literal? It's a sixth sense. Why mm-hmm. can't some people have a heightened perception of these things? Mm-hmm. So therefore, why can't as a whole Native Americans, is it a belief system that they all share, even though it's different Native American tribes everywhere? That Not that they all believe in skinwalkers. Oh, good. Right when the buzzsaw stopped, the helicopter flew over. Mm-hmm. This is great audio. Yeah. Um, why can't... Is that a perception that we've lost? Maybe that's, you know, is that an olden time perception that people, that we lost over time? Like, oh, we don't need to be in tune spiritually with the world anymore. That's a good we point. fell out of it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely think, I mean... You can't. You're not. You're not allowed to talk like this anymore today. But like, I oh definitely boy. think certain races yeah. are adept, or, or, or have their. God, how can I phrase this without sounding like? Well, you're talking about Native Americans mm-hmm. being more in tune. I, I definitely think. I mean, there's a reason Kenyans always win the marathons as opposed to Inuit, you know, or some pasty Irish guy. Like certain races. I and this is not me. I know I got to I got to tiptoe into this, but I I think certain races are, uh, if not genetically, maybe culturally adept at 
they have qualities that others don't have developed differently. Yes, t- and t- that's t- not a racist <clears throat> thing. That's just no. biology. No, my sister was saying she was looking in a barefoot running shoes. She said it's supposed to be better that modern shoes screw you up because it teaches you to run heel to toe and it's bad because mm-hmm. you're smashing your heel down. It's a lot of impact. And she's saying that's why. Why do you think like you know? Certain people that live in villages can carry all this weight on their head and still walk miles from where the river is to the back to the village barefoot mm-hmm. and it's because it's barefoot and they, they've they developed that. Yeah. And I, I want to sit here and be like, no, science made shoes. But then you look at women's high heels, which are the most preposterous thing. Like to see a woman voluntarily put on high heels, like I feel bad for them. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure I'm not the guy you're trying to impress with them. But I feel bad for you thinking that that's like – and, and even guys put on stuff that they feel nice in that's not, maybe not be comfortable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that seems preposterous. Yeah. There's nothing funnier than seeing a drunk woman who can't handle her high heels. Oh, my buddy had a band called When Supermodels Fall. <laughs> Which that's that news clip. Those are Chicago – that's a Chicago newscaster really? with when the – the wobbly heels and she kept falling the newscaster kept laughing that's funny yeah um so maybe i'm wrong about the science being like you know you think you get running shoes for comfort and this and that Mm -hmm. but she was saying yeah it teaches you to run heel to toe and that's not good Hmm. so makes sense goes back to if that's a you know if that's a capability of a human mind that has been uh evolved out of most other species Mm mm-hmm or incorporated in other ones. I mean, who knows? Hmm. So that that's uh, what do I think of magical phenomena? I, I I'm on board with it too. It might have less explanation. I mean, than the other ones, but that's how this all started. Yeah, I don't know all the answers yet. Absolutely. Dire Wolf asks: Are cats in charge? Mind controlling the world through toxoplasmosis? Is that the? Uh, is that the? I think that's if their poop smells. Is that the cat like, shit disease? Yeah, I do think cats are in charge. Uh, speaking of which, I watched a great movie documentary the other day. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. K e d i k e d at Keddy. Okay. Uh, it's about uh, stray cats in Istanbul, Turkey, and how over there cats are just really adored, and uh, these stray cats just. They are living the life because everybody over there feeds them and caters to them, yeah. and, you know. And just uh, they pick out like seven or eight of these cats and follow them around, and they give them names. And it's a great, great, fun little documentary if you like cats. Ancient Egypt, they yeah. worshipped all the cats. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because we had a pyramid full of cat shit making people nuts. Yeah, could be. That's what's uh, toxoplasmosis is. Uh, <coughs> usually occurs by eating undercooked, contaminated meat. Exposure from infected cat feces or mother-to-child transmission. <laughs> Symptoms. Body aches, swollen lip nose, headache, fever, fatigue. Well, if that just makes you like the, that just makes you like the cats more. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I love cats, man. Yeah, that's a good question. Like, is it? You know, are they trying something? Big cat fan. Are they trying something out there? Jay Jensen asked Kyle and Dave, have you ever heard or seen the movie Windy City Heat? You know what? I haven't seen it yet. I saw you, it. You saw it? I liked it. It. Uh, I was actually thinking about this uh, a few weeks ago when we were talking about uh, The Room. Uh, not that it's similar. Well, it's similar in the sense that, um, all right, Windy City Heat, I'll just try to set it up. It's a fake movie. Mm-hmm. It, it's um, Jimmy Kimmel, Adam Carolla, those guys. They, ha- they knew a guy. They had a buddy named Scary Perry. 
and I don't know how I don't know if they were super tight with him, but it was just one of these guys that they they knew, mm-hmm. and this guy's like kind of like uh, Wazo in the sense that he's probably got some mental issues and he's a world class asshole. Uh, just just this guy's just an asshole, and he's clearly got something wrong with him, mm-hmm. but maybe not enough to where they felt bad <laughs> about fucking with him. But uh, so they. He Jimmy or Bobcat Gold, Goldthwait is the uh, he plays the uh, the director. Yeah. So there, it's just a fake movie, but the, everybody's in on the joke except Scary Perry. Scary Perry thinks he's in a real movie. So the movie we're watching is kind of the behind the scenes, like, mm. and uh, it's, it's pretty funny. Like they, it's kind of a Truman Show type gag where like literally everybody's in on it but this guy who's an awful actor and an awful human being and a world-class asshole he is a dick he, he th- yo he's a huge dick he i mean he's he's gotta have tourettes or asperger's or something because he's just constantly scre- he screams at people like he loses his temper <coughs> at the drop of a hat and he just screams at people and but like at the same time he's like i'm oh, i'm the star of this movie and they're like yeah man let, let's go film this movie. And it's just a ridiculous movie where he plays like a Chicago detective. Like yeah. some cheesy And they put trope. him through a bunch of stupid stuff yep. to film it. Yep. See, that's why I always felt bad. It's like, okay, it's that kind of humor where they're pranking somebody. But if they're pranking a fucking asshole, then I'm all right with that. I, I, I guess I would have to see it. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Make up my own. It, it's worth checking out. I enjoyed it. It's probably... They probably made that thing 15 years ago. Yeah. It's been around a while. Um, go ahead. You, you got, got Jim Thompson has a good one. He's like, I know this is a super esoteric, and it's a quote from a Ray McKinnon movie to boot. But Love if you two – what's Ray McKinnon? What is it? <laughs> he's, um, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm trying to think what you might know. He's just one of those guys that's been in a ton of shit. He was in Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? He played um, – he played mm-hmm. uh, uh, Holly Hunter's new beau who beats up George Clooney in the Woolworth. He's been in a bunch of shit. I'm going to look him up right now to get an idea. Okay. <coughs> All right. He's a, he's a guy. So. Yeah. But anyways, he's like, if you two ding-dongs are properly stoned and brown-liquored up to the nature of the question is an important one. I'm not brown-liquored to stone, but Dave's got a Dave's got a, a highball glass of whiskey rise working through here. <clears throat> Quote is, if a man builds a machine and that machine conspires with another machine built by another man, are those men conspiring? Do what? <clears throat> huh? If I build a machine mm-hmm. and you build a machine, mm-hmm. those two machines get together to conspire, make a plan on their own. Are we at fault? Like our fuck robots? As, as, yeah. Mm-hmm. If our fuck robots, I mean, I well, okay. I mean, that made, that's a deeper one. I'm fuck. They're gonna arm these fuck robots. Oh, or, fuck robots are gonna arm themselves. Fuck robots gonna rip my dick off. That's how I'm gonna Don't die. put your dick near the fuck robot. <laughs> Somebody's already sustained a real injury from a fuck robot. Oh, I'm sure. I don't even like the porn where it's just they got they got like a dildo stuck on the end of something. Like, just seems like just having to pull start something just to get off. I ran across some. Um, I'm sure this isn't new, but uh, I ran across some sort of um, virtual reality porn. Like, uh, well, it, it, like a POV, but like goggles. Yeah. Well, no, not even the goggles. It's just like it's. Janet Jameson's giving you a blowjob, but it's not really her. But it looks a lot like her. Oh, it's animated. Yeah, kind of computer animated, but it looks Digital. pretty accurate. But it's enough to where you can tell that's okay. That's somebody said it was like in Japan. People are like nobody's having sex anymore, and people are getting 
They like watch too much uh, uh, hentai. Oh, that's a tentacle porn? Japanese animation porn. Just the animation. Okay. People are getting like crazy about the anime. Huh. I never... That's. I mean, if that's how you can affect a whole society through the power of pornography and what you can slowly... Why is it always about incest now? That's what I understand. You're going to page. It's always like incest porn. Yeah, that's weird. Like, what's who's who's asking for this? Yeah, who gives a shit about that? that I don't know. Anyway, but that one got away from us. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> no, I think uh depends. If you make a machine, like, okay. You got a drill instu- instructor that makes a soldier and another drill instructor that makes a soldier. Did you make an incorrect soldier if those two soldiers get together and decide to... uh Revert back. I mean, well, you can't blame the robot. If you built, if you built a machine that has the capability of conspiring, mm-hmm. fuck, this is a good. Just yeah, like good, these questions are getting good. Like if I souped up my lawnmower and put like a Chevelle engine on my lawnmower, okay. and then it got out of control and it, it ran over my neighbor's fence. No, I'm still at fault. No. Even though I wasn't riding the lawnmower? No, that's not it. No, that's not what he's no, asking? No, you missed it. Okay. You missed it. If your lawnmower and another lawnmower got together and decided to say, hey, what if we kill people? But you built that lawnmower. Uh-huh. And somebody else built their lawnmower. Are you guys at fault? Are the, Is the human component at fault for what machines to d- decide make? When, when machines start operating sentiently. Mm-hmm. Who's at fault? The people that built the machines? Well, well, Because we're at that point now, I think, where we're going to start making machines that realize, like, well, the most efficient way to get this thing done is to eliminate the weak points. The weak points would be the humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm stumped. That's a good question. What do you think? Well, that's some Terminator shit. Yeah. <clears throat> no, the men aren't conspiring, but doesn't mean that they're not at fault. Hmm. Which I think is the same thing that's going on now, like... With what's taken, what's taken your security out of Facebook or this or that? If you built a, a website or anything without the proper safe, safety components, if you put a website out mm-hmm. that was asking people buy stuff and I'll use your credit card information, but you didn't make sure it was secure, and yeah. if somebody stole that credit card information, you weren't conspiring to steal it or make sure they lost it, but you didn't make a machine yeah. Proper, so I wouldn't say that they're conspiring, but I would say that they're not absolved of fault. Kind of like manslaughter. I didn't yeah. mean to kill him, but my neglect led to his death. Yeah, you you created machines that were going to be more intelligent than you could handle, and hmm. you let them get out of hand. Like the guy who designed the water. You heard about the guy who designed the water slide that killed the kid? No. And he got uh, prison term for because he designed a water slide that was too dangerous. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. <clears throat> Christine Baker wants to know about vampires. Do we believe in vampires? I want to. <clears throat> I think you might. Uh... I think you, I think anybody's nutty enough to want a little bit of human blood, but I don't think you're going to live forever. Um, but I'm going to say I think you. I think somebody can go nuts and want to. Want to drink blood? That doesn't make you a vampire. Just the same way. Shit, I don't know, man. When I was in Richmond, Virginia, shout out to uh, my buddy Marcelo. He was telling me that uh, they got a local vampire there. Really? They got a dude who lives in town. I think I think he said he still lives there, or maybe he. Oh, if he's a vampire, yeah. But yeah, but they're like, yeah, yeah, we got a, we got our own vampire, and like they were kind of half joking, but they were also kind of like, 
Yeah. Dude says he's a vampire. Try to get him out to the show next time. Curtis Everett asks, Dave, you go, into de- you go into depth about your previous job history, or can you go into depth about your previous You mentioned the landscaping business and the radio job, but you hinted at a more seedy career. Seedy. Well, I don't know if seedy is the right word. Uh, <clears throat> Could be. Depends on how you handle your shit. Should I go into that now? I'm, I mean, we, I mean that's, this is a meaty topic. You can tease him. How about this? <laughs> I will definitely get into it soon it's not something well, i plan on sitting on forever nothing. it's not i mean it's nothing i'm necessarily ashamed of but it's uh i don't i don't want to reveal too much I, i'm gonna it. get into it because it is a meaty meaty topic a lot of stories a lot of uh, material to mine from that but yeah yeah curtis just give me just don't don't pressure me i'll get into it eventually <laughs> All right, well, let's land this thing, and I think I want to land it. Let's take an international question. Oh, yeah? Frederick Nyhagen, hope I'm saying that right, said, Howdy, Hesdalen is a village not too far from me in Norway, which is planning to make a UFO-shaped cabin to look at the UFOs in the area. Yes. Is that something you'd like to stay in? Of course. Yes. And do you think you'd have better luck seeing UFOs if you're camouflaged as one of them? I wouldn't say... Camouflaged. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that they have the technic, but I would say maybe it's a way of being like, "Hey, we like your stuff." Yeah, you know, you're a fa- you're essentially the guy wearing the band shirt to the concert, which yeah. is kind of a no-no. But with aliens, we're just trying to make some contact. Yeah, so maybe at least fly and you know, let them know, like, "Hey, I'm into it. Look, we made a whole thing down here. Yeah. It's like your things. It means we're cool." <clears throat> yeah, it's a great point. And I'm going to look up Hesdelen right now because uh, that sounds like a nice. Hesdelen. Oh, it says they got Hesdelen lights. You ever been to Norway? Thing going on. No, I've never been to Norway. I'd like to go to Norway. I'd like to go to. They well, got lights, though. It seems just like uh, Phoenix. They got lights. Norway and Sweden. Was it three countries that are all stuck together right there? What's the other one? Well, I mean, you got you got but they're up fin- there. Finland, Finland, Norway, Sweden. Yeah, yeah, those are the three: Finland, Norway, and Sweden. I'd like to go up there and check those spots out. Well, I guess they got... Jordan Cave asks, uh, when and why was the last time you openly wept? Well, I mean, we get that, right? When was the last time you cried? Uh, well, I don't know. Probably what? I don't... I watched some... Oh, what did I watch? A documentary? Probably had a documentary. I don't remember, though. Mine was either... Uh, it's, 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 it's often. It's not like some big macho, like, I'll tell you what. Like, no, it was like, I probably watched a, a documentary that got me. I don't cry often, and it's not a macho thing. I just, you know, it's just the way I'm wired. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I cry once a week. But I almost cried last time I saw one of those ASPC commercials. Dogs? Yeah, the dogs. Oh, I just, anytime a dog or a cat suffering... That hurts me. And then uh, I was watching some Sports Center uh, special story about a mentally challenged kid who scored a touchdown. Yeah. And uh, boy, that got me. Just, yeah. I love. I got a real soft spot in my heart for for the mentally challenged kids. You know, because it's going to be tough, and they miss out on so much. And this little kid got. Uh, like that, I think they get to do a ton, but he's letting them score touchdowns. <laughs> like I forgot Nebraska or somebody like their spring football game. They invited this kid out and. To him, it was like, oh, I'm yeah. in the game. And, like, 
They, yeah, what are they you ran a play. Town acting like a real dick after that. There is one. Uh, I saw this, which God made me laugh so hard. There's a version of that. There's some video. I don't know where I found it. But it's the yeah. same setup, and you think that's what you're watching. It's like a football team, and there's clearly like a little bitty eight year old boy, yeah, yeah. and they hand the ball off, and you know, and then everybody's running like half speed, and guys yeah. are purposely missing tackles, and oh, he's yeah. going to score a touchdown, and you see this kid running, he he, he breaks like ten tackles, and he's running, he's almost <laughs> to the end zone, and then out of nowhere, <laughs> this guy just boom, Moses. just crushes him. <laughs> And everybody's like, what the fuck? And Claire, yeah, you would like, like to think that that was staged. You know, yeah. But oh, it's so funny because when you're watching, you're like, oh, it's another one of those sweet. Let's help him. And then boom, just just smash this guy. I just love like the Rudy type of character who's just real arrogant. Yeah. And everybody's like, we're still trying to keep up the act. And no, oh, you got it, Roy. Rudy, you are the best. And then he's like, fuck you. I'll fight any motherfucker in this bar. Like, Oh, now we got for twenty years. We've had, had pretend he's kicking our ass. <laughs> I had to let him sleep with my wife once. <laughs> How long do we have to keep doing this? How long we got to let this guy think he's the king shit of the world? Did I ever tell you the time mm. I saw a uh, clearly um, this guy had Down syndrome? He had mm-hmm. the look, and uh, but he was wearing a he was wearing a Ramones t shirt. Yeah, and I wanted to like go up it and talk yeah. to him about it, but I was afraid. Mm. I used to do a joke about it. And never. I still like music, but like, like uh, that part was true. This part mm-hmm. was, in, but I didn't do. But I was like, you know, saw this guy who's clearly Down syndrome and wearing mm-hmm. a Ramones shirt. And I was like, oh, I was trying to connect. And I was like, hey man, yeah. you like the Ramones? Who? <laughs> yeah, I got a real soft spot in my heart for those guys. Well, I got a real soft spot on their head for you. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, I did it. Fucking whatever. <laughs> Uh, I do think we should be able to talk about them. Like, you know, that's the thing. Like, you can talk about. I know, them. but like, there's, there's like, and I'm not some free speech warrior when it comes to comedy. But like, there are topics I'd like to talk about. But try doing a bit about, you know, it's, it's crowds hear the buzzwords and they mm-hmm. shut down. It's like, no, no, I'm not making fun of them. I'm not saying they're less, they're inferior, but no, they're, they're still a part. I think, I think it's. Doing a disservice to just ignore them and never talk about it's them. The, it's the idea of punching, punching, down. punching up instead of punching. Yeah, but down. there's no punching. Yeah, I'm not punching. Just like I'm just, I observe this. this yeah, is I'm in observing. my world. Yeah, it's it can be done. Mm. But yeah, you know, I, I didn't mind joke about seeing them where where they see the two of them wearing matching Incredibles yeah. T-shirts, holding hands. I'm like yeah. that's just where was that? Where did you was that here in L.A. I, f- I was riding my bike home from when I was working in Glendale at a warehouse. Uh-huh. I remember seeing it by by a school over in Glendale, and it's what I was saying. It's not. It's just like you see something like, oh yeah, look, there's there's innocence and there's mm-hmm. nothing to worry about. There's yeah. no there's no cynical. There's no politics. To that it's like that's a thing that'll just make you real happy. Mm-hmm. And now it's not. You don't want to be patronizing. Like oh yeah. look how simple they are. Yeah. Like that's not where you're going with no. it. It's like okay, let's just uh, like let's scrape away all the bullshit in the world. Like oh look at that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not worried about it. Just out there living. Man. Like if a Down syndrome guy in a Ramon shirt, yeah. Boom. Like music. They have jobs. They're part of society. That, uh, the animated version of your joke. Oh, yeah. That's, that I is forgot so that it's on there. <laughs> All right. Let's bring it down. All right. Wrap it up. Do you want to do one more? Up. Let's just do one more just to top it off. I don't right. know which one. But, uh. Jack Toma says, Dave, what are your thoughts on white chili? Is it acceptable or pure blasphemy to a chili enthusiast like yourself? Um, I got no problem with it. it. Now, if I'm if I order chili 
And they don't tell you. And they don't tell me. They bring me that. I'm going to be pissed. But uh, there's, there's room for interpretation. There's room for, for uh, you know, that's what the culinary arts is all about. You know, kind of broadening your, your gut. Culinary arts. Mm-hmm. Dave is a fan of the culinary arts. I you got, got no problem one more? With a white chicken chili or something like that. No problem at all. Uh, what are your thoughts on psychedelics as tools for mind expansion, says Juan the Baker? Uh, I'm all full, I'm all for it. Full on, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I'm due. I'm due for another yeah, dose. Due for a journey? Yeah, it's been, God, I guess it's been about a year since <laughs> I've done the old shrooms. Man, I love it. Yeah, it's been a few months. I love I mean, it. I think this summer I'm going to get a little more into it. You want to have a plan. You want to have a location mm-hmm. and a plan. I don't want to just like piss them away sitting around a house giggling at my toes or nothing. Yeah. I, I like that's the problem. I don't get the giggle part anymore. Like I want to have the journey. Like I want to just be alone staring at the mm-hmm. sky, getting into it. It should be it should be planned out like you said. I ran into uh, our buddy Carl Hess the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to a concert together and he was telling me he went to Eric Andre's party. Oh so, man. I saw like, pictures of that. Yeah, he's like, yeah, man, I went to Eric Andre's party. I did Molly. I did this. I did that. I did mushrooms. I was like, dude, that's a lot. That's Mushrooms are – well, I have a joke about it, but mushrooms aren't an impulse drug. No. You should, you should someone's going to die at one of those parties. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to die and fall face first into his novelty nude guy walking around. <laughs> Yeah, but he hired a bunch of naked guys to just hang out and walk around. Yeah. That's funny. Who's your friend? I don't know. I hired him. Every year. Good times. Well, all right. Guys, thank you so much for all your uh, all the support. Sincere, sincerely, I, I do. <laughs> Dave's got a big glass of whiskey. Yeah, it should be. Uh, but, yeah. Bringing it home, baby. Seriously, I do appreciate it. Uh, it means a lot. Appreciate, and even if you don't, if you don't contribute, just thanks for listening. That's enough. But uh, you know, four bucks a month, people, I appreciate it. That as well. And and I God, I should have the names written down. We got a few, like you said, that one guy, five bucks a month. We got a couple of like ten, fifteen dollars mm-hmm. a month, dude. So I'm gonna figure out who you are, and I'm gonna make you a pot of chili. And I'm gonna you. fucking find you. I'm gonna track you down, and I'm gonna give you a good old fuck punch. The Boogie Monster. Mm-hmm.